Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s are on their quest to find love. I am Jen Sanford, and that is Kyle Marshall. And it may just be the two of us, or maybe it's you also listening. You ever think about that? Mm. Just two people on their quest to find love, but two people speaking about their quest to find love. We know that there's a whole community of people that are on the same quest with us. And that's why we, that was always, you know, why we have this podcast, Kyle. We are in a polycool with everyone that's out there listening. Isn't that fun? (laughs) It's a polyglot of searching for love. (laughs) (laughs) I can speak every love language. That does make me a polyglot. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Ah, nerds. Jen, you were in London. Did you you find love in London? Maybe you've met a handsome prince. He stole (laughs) you away to a castle. Yes, I, uh, I, I'm, you know, that's always the dream, right? That you meet a prince and convince him that he can't live in his grandma's house anymore. And you say Mm -hmm. that his family's racist and they have to go live where Oprah lives and the queen of America. (laughs) That's, that's always the, the dream now when you, when you go to the UK. No, I, um, I did not find love in London, but I think I might've found something better. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of time to think in London, as you do when you travel by yourself. And I thought a lot about the journey thus far at 39. And I thought a lot about the things that I've brought into my life consciously, uh, the things that I love about my life, the things that I absolutely loathe about my life. And I think I had this this real settling period about what's next. And I think if you know, people have been listening to this to this pod, and you've certainly listened to me lament and, and bitch and moan at Major Tom's that I've had this real panic about this idea that I'm going to be 40. And what have I manifested? And what have I yielded? And what have I accomplished? And 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 w- like, where am I in this, you know, this this time that I have on on this earth? And I think that people have kept saying to me, like, you know, when it comes and it happens, you you'll be ready. And I've just been like, bullshit. But I honestly think when I was in London, I really kind of took stock and I took inventory. And I did that exercise that I think everybody that I know and everybody that's listening should be doing, which is making a list of the things that you will and won't tolerate in your life, letting go of the things that are no longer serving you and moving forward in a way that makes you feel like you're leaning into the most authentic version of yourself, whether that's, you know, positive or negative attributes. Everybody thinks when they self-actualize, they'll be these great people. But maybe when you self-actualize, you're like a you're someone who really sets really high standards and has high boundaries and doesn't tolerate, doesn't suffer fools, I think. I think that's what I'm learning about myself. So I think I really found a, a place of peace. Plus Kyle, I sh- I shopped like it was going out of style. <laughs> so that was also good. I always find like What was your favorite purchase? Oh, I bought this tweed coat. <laughs> I bought this tweed coat mm. and it was expensive I do and like not, a good tweed and not practical. And it was just everything, everything. You'll be you able want. to wear that a total of twice in Calgary. That's true. That's true. I'm going to wear it with pride. You said a lot of things, I think, in this like very intellectual, um, <laughs> precise oh, way. No. But I want to dig a little bit deeper. I want to know what you actually mean. Like, so what does that mean for you? What is this big revelation? changed in you when you got back and touched down? Well, I think for me, like I've learned that I am in pursuit of excellence and precision, whether that's Mm. in my relationships, whether that's in my, the way in which I look at myself, whether that's in my job, whether that's in my, 
you know, my, my pursuits outside of my job, I am in the pursuit of excellence and precision. And in order to do that, there cannot be a lot of noise. There cannot be noise. There cannot be that, that uh, allure of people validating you externally, that allure of ego driven decision making that, um, you know, all too often sexy penchant for, for, for looking out to others, for them to validate the decisions that you make or the experience that you have or the intersection that you have with them. I'm letting go of all of that. I am in the pursuit of being the best at the thing that I've chosen to do professionally. I am in pursuit of being the kind of friend that changes people's experience in their life, not because they have to tell me that every day, but because I, I can feel that I'm having an impact and they're having an impact on me. And I'm going to be savage to let go of the things that are no longer serving me. And I've been really vocal since I've been home to have conversations with people about like toxicity that doesn't help. Kyle, you're done. No, stop. <laughs> it pushes stop, me into no, the gutter. I did, I, did think, I did think a lot about you while I was away and I'll tell you why in a minute. But I also thought about the things that make me feel like I'm getting closer to the best version of myself. And I thought a lot about, you know, how grateful I am for you know, my, my dad and, and, you know, growing up with a mom who was so different than me and who tried, but still mom, I I was filled with gratitude. And I thought a lot about you, Kyle, and, and how much, you know, you just are just the most magnificent thing in my life. And I, and how lucky I am to be friends with you and how much I've, I'm just better because I know you. And if you try to aspire to be the type of friend a type of friend, you want to be the type of friend that Kyle Marshall is. And that I think I, that has been such a gift that's been given to me. And I, so I felt a lot of gratitude. And plus, it was genuinely humanly painful to be in London on the West End. I took a video, Kyle, and sent it to you of all of us getting ready to go into our 7 yes. p.m. showtime. And I just thought, fuck this guy. Why is he not right here? Why isn't he standing right to the left of me? <laughs> and it was just this phenomenal experience. And and while I do enjoy being alone, I just kept thinking, oh my God, Kyle Marshall belongs here. Kyle Marshall belongs here. Where's Kyle? Where's Kyle? Well, it's incredibly sweet. I mean, um, I'll, I'll answer that for you. It's because... Um... It costs way too much to fly to England. That is true. <laughs> There's no way. You, have you seen the, 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 the cost of an English pound? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, no. Too much. Do you know how hard it much. is in your mind to keep doing the conversion? Like, you're standing at the store and you're like, how much is this jacket really? Like you're trying to do Canadian math in the store. And they're like, hmm, foreigner. Oof. Also, I should put your recommendation onto my dating profiles. It's like, look, Jen Sanford says the following. I am a catch, damn it. <laughs> that's right. In the words of someone that you do not know, I am a catch. Um, so that's boring bullshit about me. We always seem to go on these trips and then have these existential crises, crises that follow. So let sure. me get off of me and onto you because it's been a minute. You know, people have been listening to these in sequestered. Sequ- I just want to say there, there, there's never been a person that's got off of you and onto me. I just want to be very clear <laughs> that this is not the type of show that we were promoting. Not yet. Um, but no, I... <laughs> let's let's go to you because what people don't know is that they're they're listening to these every Friday, but we took a small height, small height. We've been on a hiatus for a little bit here. So, you know, Kyle, it's how have you been? Give me an update. What has been going on? Like you found the one, yeah. right? So here That's we go. Fine. There's been three big things that happened in my life over the last three weeks. So I'll talk about the very first one 
right as I was deleting Grinder off of my phone. You'll remember that story from last week or yes. the week before. Gone completely. But there was this person that I was kind of flirting back and forth with. And we did exchange numbers, but it kind of had fizzled out and whatever. So, but Grinder's off my phone. But that conversation started up again. You know, I'm not seeing anyone, wasn't seeing anyone at the time. And we started to have like longer conversations and everything. And it gets to a point like, oh, maybe I should go and... Does he have a name? Oh, yeah. I guess we should give him a name. We should give him a name. And his name is going to be Presidential Suite. Presidential Suite is going to be his name. Oh, God. Based on his apartment that I got to see. Spoiler alert. So I go over to his apartment this one like Sunday morning. We're going to have coffee we all know what this means but we're gonna go have coffee and that's basically what we did yeah we had uh, no coffee and a lot of sex (laughs) in his presidential suite on this sunday morning in his presidential suite and that uh, continued on for like uh three more meetings throughout the week wow congratulations so it was going really really hot and heavy um he cooked dinner for me which was very good i have to say huge points on and so you know i was Evaluating things. The, the, the only oh, here red it flag. is. Here you is waited. The, you're the doing better because normally you open with the red flag. But okay, here we go. No, wait. Let me see if I can guess. Let me see if I can guess. Red flag. Um, he's 68 years old. No, but he is a sea witch. So <laughs> that did throw a wrench into the gears. Uh, he stole my voice, and I could not get it. Um, he's been to federal prison. No, no, nothing, nothing that egregious. He. You know, has a well-paying job. He's kind. Uh, all these good things. The only small red flag, and I know how you feel about this, Jen, and it's something I noticed right as we first met, is that he had very, very heavily edited his photos. Oh. So it wasn't like he was like unattractive, but it was like, oh, you are a bit older than what you're portraying yourself to be online and you're you know you know the face has been slenderized a bit again i'm not saying that he was unattractive when i saw him but it's like oh your picture does not match what you actually look like in real life yeah so then get over it so i just i I don't know it just felt whatever whatever jen whatever he cooked me dinner mrs will sustain a relationship for an entire year his apartment is great. He has great sex with me. It's great, but mm-hmm. but 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 he slenderized a photo that's that's older. Come on, you still met him. It's not like you, it's not like you're still like. Well, we've had seventy five Zoom dates, and he hasn't turned his camera on. Like, come on, don't you think that this maybe has legs? Red light, oh, red flag no. number two. It spoke too soon. He wants to record us having sex together, and that. I was not super down with. I'm like, I, I'm not into that sort of thing. He's like, well, no faces, Duh. no faces. I'm like, uh, still, that. if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get naked online, it's gonna be OnlyFans, and all the money is coming Obviously. to me. Okay, I'm not gonna Obviously. share this <laughs> with other people. Um. So what? Um. How many how many dates have you had with him? We had four. I'm saying this in the in the past tense because I'll tell you what oh, happened no. next. Because then I got incredibly sick, like could not leave my bed. Uh-huh sick and i i did my due diligence i did my rapid testing it kept coming back negative but i am a thousand percent sure i actually did get COVID. (laughs) mostly because i'm still like feeling like lethargic two weeks after i'm just like i still feel in it i got sick and i was like i had i sent one text and like hey i have to like cancel for tonight because i'm just not feeling very well and then there has been no text and that kind of just it literally just fizzled on the vine uh after like 
a week and a half of kind of being and hot and heavy. This and stuff is why like that. you do so not was... film yourself having sex. This is proves my whole entire point. <laughs> yeah. Proves my point. Yuck. Second big thing that happens is uh, this is going to be a super big downer for the podcast, but I, I, I promise you it's going to have an upswing. Okay. So oh just God. to preface that, a friend of mine that I've known for six or seven years, young guy, like 28 years old, just got married, lives down in the States. Um, he died uh, very unexpectedly. Oh my God, Kyle. And so that really messed me up because I'm like, I saw this post from like a mutual friend that I, I, I don't know very well, but she had posted this thing and was like talking about him in the past tense. I was like, this is really weird how you're phrasing this post. So I reached out to her and like, that's when she let me know. I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is so out of the blue. I was not expecting this whatsoever. So I'm like, I'm contending with this very tragic news that is in my life. And I don't know how to process this, but at the same time, like I wanted to grieve. I wanted to commemorate. I wanted to say something, but like, I don't want this to become performative. I don't want it to sound like I want this to be yeah. about me. So I, I really struggled with this over a few days until I did do a couple of posts and be like, Hey, I really miss this person. Here's a few videos I found on my camera roll of things that I can remember that he said and did that were funny. And that was what I did to commemorate that. But I was in this kind of like weird headspace, this really bizarre headspace. And then thing number three happened. So you might remember Jen. You remember uh, Legolas, do you not? Uh, yes, who left you stranded on your birthday and with whom <laughs> I wanted to kill. And you were like, no, we're not those kind of people. We can't do this again, Jen. Okay. We did. We, we had to cover our tracks so We thoroughly. only got away with it. We've already got away with it once. So he hits me up because I, he had sent one text, if you recall, uh, saying like, hey, I, I think I screwed up, that sort of thing. And I just didn't respond to it. I'm yep. like, whatever. I'm, yeah, not, you I'm not going to engage with this. But in my uh... depressed state, feeling vulnerable, he decides to text me again and is essentially, hey, I know I really screwed up. I want to make amends. I want to apologize more deeply. Tell me what I can do to make this right. Eat shit and die. So I texted him back, eat shit and die. <laughs> I was feeling particularly oh, spicy, no. Jen. So I thought this was literally going to be a flippant remark. And then again, the, the conversation would be ended. I was like, you can buy me dinner and then let me fuck your brains out. That's literally <laughs> verbatim what I responded and back with. And this is where I'd like to pause and give a small public service announcement to grief. And the things that it makes us do. <laughs> <sighs> This episode of Somebody Date Jen and Kyle is brought to you by grief. It's going on millennia strong. <laughs> Just making people do shitty, yeah, okay. shitty things. Hating yourself since the beginning of time. Uh, okay, so that mm -hmm. happened. So that is exactly what I did that night. That is literally what I did that night. I went out. He bought me dinner. We went back to his place. We had a good time. And now I've now gone back to his place a couple more times. So that seems to be a thing that I'm in the middle of. I can see you rolling your eyes. No, no, no. But, I'm not um, rolling my eyes. I'm just wondering if maybe this is the way it goes because you're no fan of Jesus and that just goes and and I'm true. no fan of this Legolas. Maybe this is just the way it goes. Maybe this is just the way it goes. I mean, we all I don't we know. all have a friend out there who dates someone that we're just like. This is what we do, Jen. We go on a double date. Okay. We go on a double date and both of us are just our arms crossed like, no, no. I'm just like sneering no. across the table. Just giving the the stink eye to the other person. I'm like, I'm not about this. Yeah, I just can imagine you. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just us doing and another thing. You, <laughs> just you in the car with Legolas being like, we're going out to dinner with Jen and Jesus. 
and we hate him. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Remember that? That reminds me yeah, of like yeah. um that reminds me of like deep high school. Like, oh yeah, Kim mm-hmm. is dating Brad again, and we we hate Brad. <laughs> I'm like, no, things never change. Uh, so good you, times, you good times. Has, well, like, do you want to get into our fishbowl? Well, no, because I want to ask. Like with Legolas, do you think it has legs? Pun intended. Like, do you think this is you're going to go the distance on this a little bit, or do you think this is just something to do? My gut response to that is say it's something to do, but that is such famous last words. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many friends I have. They're like, yeah, I wasn't really feeling it on the first date, and now we're married and have three kids to, with each other. Well, so sometimes you just how many 42 week episodes where I was like, this is the man I'm going on dates with. So it <laughs> happens. It happens. True. Yes. I agree with your assessment of let's go to the fishbowl. But first I want to ask you this. Wouldn't you feel like there are moments in our lives where we make pretty big pivots and sometimes those pivots are like so massive. They shift the foundation of our lives. Do you think you are leading the witness, Jen? Just, I just want to be very clear with this. <laughs> I am. Yes, there I do agree with that statement. Turning points, if you mind. And you've talked about them a lot when we were talking about you know, long-term relationships and like, how do you know that you're going to grow into the person? And how do you know we keep changing? So in the spirit of that, I, I hunted through the questions that are submitted to us. And I looked at some of the, some of the, the themes of I've got to make a pivot. And in some cases, the pivot is like, I've got to shit or get off the pot with this person. In some cases, the pivots are, can I navigate through difficult, a difficult time? And in a lot of cases, it was, I've changed, I've changed. And how is mm. that change of myself reflected in this experience. So with that in mind, I present to you the Turning Points Fishbowl. All right, let me pull this fishbowl over here, Jen, here on Milt. You hold my keys for the time being. Thank you. Oh, number one is a very direct question to me here, Jen. Kyle. Do you believe in a once a cheater, always a cheater? Do you think it's as prevalent in same-sex relationships? I'm with a guy, 34 years old, and the last two relationships he had ended because he was not faithful. I want to fall for this guy so bad, but I don't want to get burned. Advice? Well, because he addressed it to me, I suppose I should answer first, Jen. Yeah, so I'll just this push is you out very, of the way. And- <laughs> very offensive. I can't believe they don't want to know what I think. I'm going to... Tell him what I think anyway. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll tell him what you, you think. You're not, not going to be as nice as me, probably, Jen. But I always <laughs> well, look at this shocker. as um, I'm of two minds of this because I think in the aggregate, if we were to look at like a, a huge swath of people who ha- who have cheated on a spouse or on a, in a relationship, do I think that it is always true that if you cheated once, that you will cheat again? I would say no, broadly speaking. However, the big but here is that you also need to look at the information that is being given to you right now in the actual relationship that you're in. You label that this guy is actually twice a cheater. So this is like repeated behavior that he is he's exemplifying. It's not he did it once and has learned from his terrible mistake or whatever justification that you want to wrap around the original cheating aspect of it. So My terrible advice to give to you is this, is that um, just based on the limited information that you've given, I would probably not trust this person not to cheat again in this this specific example. But I don't know, Jen, what do you think? I think once a cheater, always a cheater. And let me tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) I think that what cheaters learn is that there are mental models to cope for difficult situations. 
And so you've built that institutional knowledge in their mind. So let's say, because I, I always do believe it takes two people to cheat. One person doesn't wake up in the morning and just self-destruct. There's problems in the relationship and that other person cheats because either they don't have high self-esteem, they have too high of self-esteem, they want to destroy the relationship, they want to cause pain to someone else, or they want to feel a type of affection that they're not receiving from their partner. It's one of those things. And and, and we spend so much time digesting them that I think we look overlook the fact that who cares? It's, it's bad behavior. But I think they learn then when they get into those spots where they're being deprived affection or when they want to be vindictive, like those situations will happen again in your life, right? You don't get stressed out one time. You don't have a bad boss one time. Right. And what you learn is you learn to cheat as a coping mechanism, as a way to assert control over your environment. So that mental model is there. So when you're in that relationship, that you, in a new relationship, you can say like, don't cheat, don't cheat, don't cheat. And they can say, I won't, I won't, I won't. But then when they wake up in the morning and they realize they have quite a similar relationship to what they had before, that the same dysfunction remains, um, a, a needs not being met. They have a mental model in their brain that this is a way that they can behave in this type of environment. And what the other thing that I don't think we talk about enough is the attributes that surround it. Like the things that surround cheaters are that they also hide information, that they lie through omission, right? Like, well, I didn't, I didn't tell you I wasn't, and that they really have issues with transparency. And if those things are manifesting in your relationship already, then you know that this once a cheater, always a cheater is going to apply to you. The thing about cheating is that there are a million warning signs in terms of a lack of transparency. And if you're already seeing that, uh, the other thing is like, um, I read this great book called Mistakes Were Made by Me. And if you see a lot of this, this scapegoating behavior occurring, then you know you're on the path to it. But sometimes you don't need to wait for someone to be like a full-fledged, like, oh, I screwed somebody else. You can have all the attributes around it and realize right away what path you're on. And then you can cut and run. But no, if like this question obviously was not asked of me, I think they probably knew what I was going to say, which is, yeah, I do believe in once a cheater, always a cheater. I think it's in their, it's in their DNA that they can do mm. it, especially if they got away with it. The second kind of um, sub question here is that, do you think it's as prevalent in same sex relationships? I guess I don't have like a scientific study in front of me. My impulse is to say no. What I will say is that I think for whatever reason, this is so anecdotal. So <laughs> very much take this with a grain of salt that same sex relationships are oftentimes a little bit more willing to have other partners or stuff like that. I, I actually do have a few gay friends who are like, I'm in this community relationship with you and I'm telling you when I'm having sex with other people. Like they're that's they're just open from the get-go, from the start, and let each other know when they're traveling or when they're on the road that, yeah, this is the person that I'm gonna have sex with. And this everyone is okay with that. But that is a conversation that they are having in that relationship. Yeah, not that's different. Hey, I did this. You should be okay with this. Yeah, no, that's totally different. Do you mind if I read the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Let's alternate today. My partner of six years, 36 years old, made a lot more money than me when we first met. I was still a student and sucked at managing my money. Now I've grown up and I want to be smart with my money and I'm making a lot more of it than him. He refuses to get on the same page with me about money and we argue about it all the time. I'm so frustrated and we've now reached an impasse. Can we survive this? Kyle? No. No. <laughs> this is like the biggest thing that causes like relationships to end is like the money management or fighting about expenses, that sort of thing. I think that this is one of the biggest red flags if people don't want to share or open up or open up about finances, because it's really hard to solve problems if you don't understand where each each other person is at. I'm, I'm not even saying this is something like, well, if you're in debt, I can't 
be in a relationship with you. But it's like, we kind of need to know this if we're going to be be in a partnership. We kind of need both need to know what, what, what we're dealing with. So the fact that he doesn't want to talk about it, the fact that he wants to hide it and not bring you into that conversation, I think is a huge red flag. So I would tread pretty carefully. Yeah, I want to tell you that this may be revealing how old we are, but this the question person who asked the question is also 36. I mm-hmm. remember being I was at a rodeo this summer and I said, like, this is the th- I was saying to my girlfriend. Welcome to Alberta, everyone. This, so sitting in the grandstand and I say to my girlfriend, this is the thing. When you're 21 years old, you're like, look at his ass and hair. And when you're 39 years old, you're like, look at how he manages a great budget. And the people behind me started to laugh and were like, yes, isn't that the truth? I think as you start to look at capacity building, and that's really what your 30s are, is capacity building for your life. If you don't have a partner that's on the same page with you in the top four things, money, sex, kids, and in-laws, you're doomed. And I think that if, if you're not financially getting ahead because you have a reckless spender in your midst, the bitterness that will unveil itself to you, you can't have this time back. You can't have this time back. The the bitterness that I think will unveil to you, I don't know. I I'm with Kyle here. I I I don't know. I think you have to be with someone who's financially compatible to you. When you say financially compatible, though, just to drill down into that point, do you mean making the same amount of money as you? Well, money's like penis size. It's not how much you have. It's what you do with it. Please put that on a bumper sticker. I feel like if I run for public <laughs> office, that's going to come back to haunt me. But listen to me. It's what you do with it, right? Do you Are you frugal? Do you, do you pay off your credit cards at the end of every month? Do you put away a little bit in savings? Do you know where your money is? Or do you make a debit transaction and you're like, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Like, how good are you with your money? And I think that that can cover a divide between someone making 100000 more than, than a partner. It's it's what you're doing with that money and how transparent you are, but how you're organizing that money and planning for that money and using that money wisely. I mean, I, I will tell you that in most relationships that I've been in, it's been very important to me to be the breadwinner. I wanted to make more money, but that's also because I I don't, I fear genuinely being seen as lesser. And I, mm. I don't ever think of men as lesser because they make less money, but I always think of women as lesser when they, and when they make less money. And that's just a bias that I grew up in. That's a bias that honestly needs to be broken. We'll unpack that at some <laughs> later point. Let me pick out this uh, uh, next question here, Jen. This is uh, from CGSW. This is a, a good uh, partner. Hey. A fabulous partner in CGSW, a question that came in from them. 90.9 Campus and Community Radio. Sorry, I have to get it in. Which is great. Thank you so much. This is just to both of us, so we can both answer this question, Jen. Oh, this is great. Okay. So it says, Kyle and Jen, we got to know. What do you think about during sex? Oh, no. You know what what the weird thing is? You know what the really weird thing is? I do think about the Queen of England. So Stop it. No, seriously, what do you think about? Because my understanding, and maybe you can just, just pop this bubble for me. My understanding is that men have to stay very focused. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I I don't know. I'm such a weirdo in this regard because my mind wanders all the time. (laughs) Really? Uh, I I don't want to self-diagnose myself, but I do feel like I have some kind of attention disorder where I just cannot stay focused on one thing for, for too long. The real answer is that I'm focused on the other person and like my own pleasure at the same time. And then quite frankly this is so this is 100% true this is not even me making a joke at some point i'll be like what am i going to have for breakfast tomorrow 
Like, I just kind of go into, like, cataloging my day. And then, you know, we're going through the motions, making out maybe and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I have to do that thing. Oh, I have to add that onto my to-do list tomorrow. <gasps> like, I'm just checking things off and making sure that I'm Do you think that that may be because like you're having bad sex? Are you having bad sex? Is that why you have time to think? Jen, how many episodes did you yell at me saying <laughs> that it was impossible that that was the case? <laughs> yeah, that's, true. that's true. No, I don't think that's the case. Because when at certain points, I am very focused on the actual mechanics of having sex. But yeah, there are times throughout the ebbs and flows, because it's not like it was one thing at the same time. It kind of gets hot and heavy and kind of lessens and hot and heavy and lessens, at least in my experience. And yeah. And sometimes it, my mind kind of wanders off to other things. Hmm. Are you saying that you never think of another thing, Jen? No. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, but I also have it, like the advantage that I'm most often on the bottom. I think if I was mm. on the top, I would be thinking like, oh, we should paint. But I, because I'm, I have someone over top of me, I think I think about them because I'm looking at them. Like, I think mm. if I was looking somewhere else, I would probably think about something else, but I'm looking at that person. But then I think about like that person to the point where I break their concentration. Like, I'll be like, <laughs> so you don't break eye contact. No, no. But I'll be like, how come you don't make any sound? How come you're not making sound? Like, don't you want to moan? Are you moaning because you're, you want to be quiet or think because I don't like it? Or are you moaning because you just don't moan? And it's like, what? What? <laughs> what are you doing? I don't want I've, to talk I've about that I've prepared this questionnaire for you to fill out so that yeah. Is I understand it your, a? your moaning you protocols. No, I'm just asking. And then it'll be like, stop it. And then I'll just cut in with, do you like it when I moan? <laughs> Am I moaning too much? But I think in my in my 20s and 30s, I think I was so preoccupied with like, do I look good doing it? Well, that is the thing. When you first start, at least for me, because of my huge anxiety, I'm like, Am I doing this the right way? What is the right way? Are they having fun? Am I having fun? What is this thing? Well, uh, I've never tried this, uh, this position what before. Is what is this thing? That's you want to elaborate on that? What is this thing? They brought out something that I can only describe as phallically <laughs> horse shaped. <laughs> this is the best episode we've ever done. This is the episode that mortifies people that know us personally. Yeah, I um yeah, I like you're thin, mm -hmm. so you can't relate to this, but for those of us who are I will just categorize as festively plump. That sound when the two, like when you come oh, yeah. together, that sound, that will break yeah, my concentration with a, yeah. a, a major degree because I'm just, then I have to spiral and I'm like, oh my God. There was a time where me and my partner broke out laughing at that though. It was like one of the funniest <laughs> things because just the sound that was making, like, this is really funny actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you're in your twenties, like when you're new at it, it really bugs you. Right. Cause it's, mm -hmm. and then when you're older you're like whatever at least i'm still getting on the horse whatever this is what this is what bodies sound like yeah. slapping together and sweaty yeah so that's what we think about we think about our listener audience and future podcast content is what we think yeah about. i'm like what are the download numbers like and like oh man maybe we should <laughs> update that graphic <laughs> all right here's this question i want an open relationship my boyfriend isn't enough for me sexually and i think he knows it this will be good for our relationship and keep it off life support. I know once he sees it in action, he'll be more on board. My plan is for him to take on another another lover first so he can see that monogamy is outdated. How do I put this in motion? 
I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> There's a lot of I statements in this, uh, in this question Isn't here. Isn't there? Isn't there? Although I will say, not that you would say this, Jen. This is a very Jen-written question almost. What? because No way. Oh, the amount of times you have approached me is like, this is what I've decided. This is what I'm thinking. I think this is what we should do. I'm like, all right, I guess we're... We're doing that then. Not that sense. Oh no. This is not gonna go well. Oh, oh a thousand no. Percent. No, a thousand no, no. percent this is not gonna Which go well. Which is also also what you say when I say mm -hmm. this is what we're gonna do and why we're gonna do it. <laughs> That's also what you say. Yeah. This is not gonna go good. If you approach your boyfriend and are going to be like, Hey, you're not enough for me sexually, I think you know that, right? You know that. <laughs> So here's another person that you should have sex with. There's no way to approach that subject in any me, type of tact. To give me permission to have sex with other people. Oh my God. This is this is psychotic. This is like psychotic behavior. Like I don't want to shame people that write questions yeah. into the fishbowl because they're having the courage to find a place to belong in a podcast. But I just want to say with like the nicest, the nicest way that I can. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Like this guy, like you can see through the veneer of this question that this guy is like, I just want to be monogamous and be with you. And she's like, nope, you're not enough for me. You, you know it. This is going to be good for our relationship because it sucks. And you got to mm. do it first because you got to kind of break the mold so that I have permission to do it. I hope that this guy has enough self-esteem to just be like, hey, psycho, when you leave, take your shit with you. Like, I hope that this... Because what would be worse than this guy that's like probably really loves her. And then she's just like, listen, I, Kate, if you want an open relationship, you can't convince the other partner that you want to do this. It's they're either no. in it or they're not. Don't do this. Just break up with them. Don't just, do just this. Take the yeah, bullet. just be let him let him go. Let him go find someone who only wants yeah. to have sex with him. Then that's OK. All right, Jen, this question asks, why do they call it falling in love? What exactly is falling? That's it. That's the whole question. That's the question. What is falling in falling in love? Oh, I think it's just the idea of losing control. I think when you are a rational person and you have a rational mind, falling in love is letting your emotions take over. And it's, yeah, it's letting your emotions govern the next steps versus your logical brain governing the next steps. Don't you think that's, you think that's right? I don't know. I mean... Yes, in, in the abstract. Um, as an English major... Oh, I forgot. I particularly love the English language. I love the way that we are just like cobbling together this like melting pot of different languages from the Germanic, from the Latin to the French. And it's all kind of come together into this other thing. And there's these turns of phrase that I find kind of beautiful uh, and poetic. And I like I love the fact that our language allows us to do that, even though our grammar makes no sense. But that's, that's a conversation for another day. But there's another phrase that we use for falling in. And falling in love is reminiscent to me of falling asleep. Because you're not really falling in that oh. regard either, right? But they're both the kind of same thing. You aren't asleep and then you kind of just are. You just kind of suddenly are asleep. The same thing I think can be attributed to love. Where it's like you're not and then kind of all of a sudden you are. You're just in that loving space. And I think that there's that beauty between those two phrases. Kyle. That was very beautiful. That was very beautifully oh, stated. You. I wish that was the thing you thought about when you were having sex. <laughs> no, this is what I think about when we're at Major Tom's and you're talking. I'm like, falling in love, falling oh, Kyle, asleep. For those of you listening, Kyle does that. I will be talking and I can tell in that moment that Kyle has stopped <laughs> listening. He is totally somewhere else. And I'm like, and then the 
Elephant came. Yeah. yeah, you're not listening. It's fine. Can you believe that Gilligan's Island went for seven seasons? Wow. How did that happen? <laughs> Why did they let that happen? Anyways. <laughs> um. All right. Let's try this one. I've been meeting a girl for a few weeks casually, and she's super nice, great morals, great personality, and extremely good looking. Oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. Yeah, good for you, I <laughs> Congratulations. guess. <laughs> End of question. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but her breath really smells it's not like Oof. an unbrushed teeth smell i'm not sure what it is she has lovely teeth as well so it's very confusing she, she got in my car this is terrible i'm a terrible person for laughing she got in my car the other day and i had to crack the window a bit for fresh air what the heck do i do she's super cool but it's really off-putting and it's kind of stopping me from pursuing things more seriously jesus what he doesn't say about this is that it was in the middle of January here in Canada. So like him cracking that window is like, no, I, just, I, love, I love the cool air. There's only one or two realities to this because she either does know or she doesn't know. I would be somewhat surprised if she doesn't know, but I guess it's possible. I guess it is possible that you just would not know. You need to tell her. Oh, of course you need to tell her. This is one of the hardest conversations you're ever going to have, but... There are a couple of medical conditions that can cause this. Yeah, of course so there are. So it could be, yeah. So there could just literally be either an easy procedure or whatever. They'll just fix this. And then you have, it's great, right? She looks beautiful. She's nice. She's amazing. And, and there you have it. And I think if she's the right girl for you, she'll appreciate that you're upfront about it and not trying to hide it and not telling her. Yeah. And if... If something like bad breath can crack your relationship, it probably isn't as stable as you think it is. And mm -hmm. um, it just, you've got to, you got to rip that bandaid off because if it's a, it's a whole thing, you're going to embarrass her and then she's, she's going to be subconscious. So it's just like, Hey, do you want a mint? And if she says yes, just go, Hey, do you have halitosis? And if she's like, what's that? And you're just like, Oh, it's a thing where your, where your breath isn't the, isn't the best. It's yeah. like, can be a little spicy. And if she's like, Oh my God, do I have bad breath? You can just, and then just go, yep. Yep. And then be a supportive boyfriend by having like mints and gums. Like be that guy. Be that guy who's like, how can I help you to be successful? Right? Mm. Don't just be like, you have bad breath. This is a complete digression, but we do those so well here on, 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 the, on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. I always have this recoil when I watch movies or TV and couples make out or kiss on the lips first thing in the morning because I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> I don't know how they <laughs> do it. You're not alone in that. You're not alone in that. Anyways, that's just a weirdo for, for me. That might be a great thing when people ask us why we're not a couple, right? Because, you know, normally you just go, ew, gross, mm. no. And that I've always felt is a bit off-putting and hurtful to me. But now you could say because in the morning, Jen kisses on the lips right away and that's not tolerated. <laughs> that's a deal breaker. So Okay, let me pick this next question out here. I'm a 22-year-old male, if that matters. So I've seen all the posts regarding the fact that even though one seems to do everything right, like in terms of personal hygiene, working out, etc., you won't certainly find someone because there's still a lot of luck involved. And I get that all of this wouldn't mean a thing if you never went out to a party or didn't socialize at all. But after reading all that, there's still one question left for me. How can you improve your odds even further? Or... More specifically, what are some good places, activities to go and do in order to encounter someone meaningful? By the way, can I just say something here? If you had not said that you were a 22-year-old male, I would have known by the first sentence. 
if it matters. <laughs> this is a very 22-year-old male thing <laughs> yeah. to do. Uh, Kyle, get thoughts on this? Well, I'm going to take this in good faith, okay? Because I think that you could read this in one way as someone being a little bit narcissistic about themselves or talk down to them because, oh, you're just a 22-year-old male. You don't, you're, you haven't lived a life here yet. But if you literally want to know about things to go and do and find, I'm your old man. And it's like, you get to go and find clubs and activities and use meetup.com. Because those are all the perfect ways to go out That's and right. push yourself out of your close circle of friends that you have. I do think uh, nowadays it's not going to be one of those like, except for the one in a million times that it happens, like a little meet cute at the bookshop where it's yeah. like, oh, we misplaced our orders at the coffee place or whatever it happens to be. That's you have great. to kind of intentionally go out and be like, you know what, I'm going to try this bowling night tonight and go out and, and try that out or yeah. it's you're gonna go and um go on a hiking trip and bite the bullet that you actually enjoy hiking uh you know <laughs> all those types of things or whatever your hobby interest happens to be i'm sure like again i'm the the nerd of the podcast so there's like so many like D D groups out there book clubs film clubs that you can go to Hopefully you can meet someone, meet who their friends are, and start to broaden up that circle. And you can tell that I'm not cool because I've not yet once said to join a sports league. Because that also would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think what you're circling around is, you know, get out and do the things that you love to do. And do yeah. them in groups. So if you like to... Um, like if you like to hike, find a hiking group and do it and then make sure whatever group you're in, you drop the ball. I'm single. I'm looking to meet people. If I just make more friends, yeah. that's great. But I am looking to meet someone. But, right. Yeah. Sorry. You're not necessarily going to find your person in the group, but they might know someone that that's they right. can introduce you to. So that's yeah. Just use them as <laughs> this is going to sound so uh, businessy, but it's like use it's, them as your network. It's You're a pyramid scheme. You just got to keep it's a pyramid scheme. Get them to pay five dollars. To find you a partner. That's right. <laughs> and if you find one, then they get $2. You see, it's a great system. <laughs> That's right. This will be Kyle's next business venture <laughs> is pyramid dating. But no, I think you have to put yourself, you have to make it clear that you're looking for someone in a non-scary way. Just say like, yeah, I'm looking to meet people, but I'm also looking mm -hmm. to meet the one. And someone will know someone who's looking for something. But, you know, get doing the things that you love. I was nervous in his question when he said, like, you know, how, like, where specifically do I go for some good activities? Like, don't do things that you would never, ever do to associate mm -hmm. yourself. Like, there's a reason why, like, friends hang out with like-minded friends who are attracted to like-minded friends, right? We kind of run in the same circle, right? And so I think, you know, find your, find your tribe and then, you know from there like ask people if they know anybody or know anything and and then i think you also do need to be on dating apps i think that's still going to be a way for you to meet people in the digital space but just make sure that your goal is equal parts looking but also having a fun time because when your sole goal becomes seeking you become repellent everybody can tell the guy that's mm. too eager right so make sure that you're not yeah. like i hiked this goddamn mountain where is she that you just like, this was a great way to spend a Saturday. I've had a boner the entire trip up here. I am, <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve something. Ugh, I've been on that date. Uh, all right, here's the, here's the last one. I want a baby. Okay, sorry. Let me be clear that I'm reading a question. I want sure, sure, a baby. Sure. <laughs> I'm and 34. this could go in one of two ways. This is Ooh. very dangerous. I'm 34 and my two sisters already have kids, but my boyfriend isn't ready. What if he decides in 10 years that he doesn't want one, but I'm too old to then have one with someone else? What if he takes this away from me? Mm. Well, I, I think she mentions it right here in, in the question. 
you don't have kids, your sisters do, you just take one of theirs. So Thank you for joining you, us for this time. week's. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Somebody Day Jenna Kyle. <laughs> you know, they, they get for free time. You get what you want. I mean, it's I don't I don't see any downside. That is you answering this question like a quintessential man. Let me tap in because it is a totally different experience as a woman. There are a lot of women, myself included, who fear that there will be a a, a man that will come in and they're not on the same path as them. And because mm-hmm. one gender can participate in the endless act of delay and the other gender has a very short window of time to procreate, it does create a natural inequity. I think there are a lot of women listening right now who can really relate to what this woman is saying, which is that if he's if he wants to do this with me, this is the guy that I wanted this with. But if he fence sits and then I run out of time, we're going to be on dateline. And I get that. I think that this is a real fear that that people have. And so then they go down these terrible pathways of like an ultimatum or, you know, I'm going to trick you or they go down these awful, awful paths. And I think what she yeah, has to do. Yeah, none of that's going to work. No, none of it's going to work. And it's just going to breed this inherent dysfunction about one of the most important, something that's very important to you and arguably one of the most important things you'll experience in your life. All you can do is communicate. And as you communicate with him, you have to be able to say to yourself, I do not fear the consequences of him not giving me the answer that I want. You have to have courage here to say, I'm 34. If you're not ready in the next year, and I'm going to give, I'm going to give you carte blanche, but in one year, we're going to have this conversation. And if you're not ready, I got to go. Because when I look at my own life, I don't see when, and if they say, well, maybe you'll never meet somebody, maybe then you say, but at least then I tried. Because I, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this on my own. And 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 you have to be honest to say this this idea. We talked about this in the episode of Blocking Traffic. You have to be honest to say, I said this to Jesus just not too long ago. I said, like, if this dysfunction continues, you have to be brave enough to recognize that you might be standing in the way of the next guy I meet who doesn't have any of this going on, who's ready to bring me in and ready to live my goals and dreams with me and ready to move forward and doesn't have these other things that have to be dealt with. And that was a really insightful conversation because Jesus said, I've never, I've never thought of it like that. And I, I think we need to think more like that, that if you're not mm-hmm. helping and that person is not achieving their goals, especially if they're well-stated goals, then you're blocking traffic. And if you really love someone, you don't do that. Sometimes let, loving someone is the mechanism of letting them go. No, I agree. I was being flip. I know. But I mean, I think you, I think you do have to be a friend. If this is something that is important to you and you do want to have kids and they don't, I think sooner than later, you need to split paths then because you're never going to reconcile that those two extreme thoughts. But. And it's such a hard breakup because you're breaking up with someone, even though it's good. It's that right. whole grass right. is greener thing. Like we have a really good thing, but it's still not meeting my needs of the things that I want to accomplish in my life. So I got to let it go. Those are such hard breakups because there's no bad guy. There's just two people who are who they are. Oh, I hate those Mm -hmm. breakups. Those are such painful breakups and they have such a high likelihood to backtrack. All right. Well, that's uh, our fishbowl here this week. That's a good bowl, man. Right? I did good. Yeah, it was good. Thank you for all of you who (laughs) submitted your questions. So good. I I just feel like, wasn't there some great themes in there? Uh, One of the things, didn't you take this away? Is that no matter Mm -hmm. if they were talking about falling in love or trying to make their love more populated or they were trying to or they were trying to find where they belong 
everybody is striving. And I think that's really what love is, isn't it, Kyle? Everybody's striving to be the best version of themselves as they navigate all these turning points. I love that. I love that, Kyle. Yeah. Well, talking about turning points, there is an announcement that we need to give here at the end of this week's episode, which is, and this can be maybe sad news depending on how you were receiving this, but Jen and I have come to the um, hard decision that we are going to be ending the podcast. We're actually going to be ending this show after next week. So next week will be our final, final episode. And we've had such a great time, but we're going to have a big decompression about this next week. So that's, uh, that's where we're at. Jen came back from London and she said, Kyle, get out of my way. And she put, no, I'm just joking. That's not what happened at all. (laughs) No, it's not what happened at all. But, um, you know, everybody takes turning points of their own and it's been really a magical ride. And we hope that you will all join us next Friday for what will be the final episode of Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. This is our podcast. This is our voice and the culmination of who we are in the digital space. I am Jen Sanford. That's Kyle Marshall. And no matter how you spend your week, be safe out there. Have a good night. Bye.